I hate poetry. And I love poetry. Welcome to I Hate Pottery, a podcast that tries to convince you that the Harry Potter films are better than the books. Dylan, you've misread it again. It's I Hate Poetry. It's Wingardium Leviosa, Charlie. Welcome back to another week of I Hate Poetry. Uh, my name's Charlie Pidcock. And my name is Dylan J. Kershaw. I don't know if we've done many intros like that, actually, but uh, that's what we're doing <laughs> this week. I worked harder on that intro than I did in that last poem, so... Yeah. <laughs> Put way more effort into it. You know when you first try something and you're like, oh, well, this is quite easy, because you get like a good streak, and then yeah. you sort of get more into that thing and you realise kind of how hard it is. Yeah, definitely. Do you mean like you sort of have beginner's luck? Yeah, I feel like I'm now with poetry. <laughs> yeah, beginner's <laughs> luck. That's exactly it. Okay, so uh, this week, D- Dylan actually suggested this poem to me. So do you want to yeah. talk to me about this poem? Yeah, this is called uh, There Is Another Sky by Emily Dickinson. Now, I'm a bit into my Dickinson at the moment, uh, only because oh, I'm yeah. watching the series Dickinson. That's an Apple series currently. And it, uh... I thought, ah, oh, I'll watch it with the, you know, the thing we're doing the podcast and thought it'd be kind of relevant. Um. Not a great series, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> but no. I thought, I, I, not an educational series either, which I thought it was. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it, uh, but no. at least it's given me some context to this. It's like watching a poetry Marvel film, is, is what I feel like it, it is. I mean, my, my mother-in-law talked to me about this uh, show, and she, she started watching it, but the, the problem with having um, a film about Emily Dickinson's life is... The problem is is that we actually barely know anything about her life. Yeah, yeah, so you're it's kind like, of making it up. Yeah, so yeah, basically. So, so she was a poet who, she was she was never famous in her lifetime. No. Uh, she never published her poets. They were all for herself and her family and her friends. Um, she never married. She was, a, yeah, lived on her own or with her family for most of her life. And, and she was, it was only ever published uh, after she died. People loved them. There is Another Sky by Emily Dickinson. There is another sky, ever serene and fair, and there is another sunshine, though it be darkness there. Never mind faded forests, Austin, never mind silent fields, here is a little forest whose leaf is ever green. Here is a brighter garden, where not a frost has been. In its unfading flowers I hear the bright bee hum. Prithee, my brother into my garden come okay so you were telling me this week yes you sent you sent this to me and you said that you're really enjoying this poem yeah so before we get started what is it that you drawn to or what what did you like about it because it feels like something a bit different i mean she says another sky it's almost like saying it's another world which i think is really cool like it's given this whole new perspective because that's all the poems we've done so far it feels like you know they're sort of describing that time whereas this feels like this could be written at any point this is like almost like a sci-fi novel which is kind of my favorite genre so i thought yeah Mm. if emily dickinson is writing doctor who i'm in (laughs) i think that'd be pretty cool yeah right Let's have a look. Let's dive deep into this. There is another sky, ever serene and fair. And there is another sunshine, though it be darkness there. Yeah. Is she like tripping balls here? Because like, (laughs) I mean, you know, like another sky or whatever, but another sunshine. It feels like she's taken some drugs and she's in there. This feels like, yeah, this feels like she's on perhaps some chemicals, Charlie. 
It's really interesting that you say that because she was quite a spiritual lady. Oh. Um, I think she, I thought she was a Christian her whole life. Right. But she hated going to church. Oh, right. Okay. She, she, she even has a poem about it and she basically says like nature and being outside is a much better church than actual church. Right. Okay. I've, also, I've also heard that people thought that she was a pagan as well. So right. I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that. But uh, my understanding was that she basically, she, she was, a, she was a Christian, but so she sort of had this view on life that. Yeah, there was this other world sort of beyond, sure. if you like. So that whether that's pagan or Christian or whatever, like we really, the truth is we don't know. It sounds like it sounds like she's indie. I've met Christians who are like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. I'm too cool <laughs> for church. That's what yeah. I feel like it is, right? Just because she's missing like Zoom conferences on Sundays, she thinks yeah. she's really cool and she's got this higher understanding of, you know, another mm-hmm. world or something. Yeah. But she's got, she's like, I feel like this is perfect because this is Emily Dickinson. She wouldn't Mm. go to church. She thinks she's cool. She's got this like attitude and ego. She never got married, even though girls her age had to. You know what I mean? Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like this just reflects who she is and I love it. Yeah. She's a rebel. Yeah. I, 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 my kind of woman. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that, Emily? (laughs) Emily. Oh yeah. And also on the darkness bit, sorry. She's like, she, obviously in the first few lines, she's saying there's another world, but where she says, though it be darkness there, like she's saying there's another place, but she also is, she's unaware of the danger. I think that's really cool. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when we think of another world, we think kind of in a utopia place, you know, yeah. start afresh, start anew. But this, yeah, there's a danger there. See, very much like a sci-fi novel. Yeah. I, I think it's, it is definitely sort of trying to make these parallel worlds sort of different from each other, right? Like the, the darkness there, it's sort of, again, the sunshine for us is bright, but maybe the sunshine somewhere else might yeah. create, creates darkness. Like, like you say, it gives it this dangerous mystery, mystery sort of vibe. Exactly. It's great. Never mind faded forests, Austin. Never mind silent fields. Austin is obviously a brother, and I know that because yes. I watched the series. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of... I, I can see what you mean when you said she wrote poems for herself and her family, because you wouldn't put... If you're trying to be universal and accessible, you wouldn't put your family members' names in it, would you? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't at all. Um, so like, even when I first read this, I, it did make me think... It, it's it's probably a name or is it a yeah. location? Because I think Austin, she was American. Texas. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I I couldn't remember exactly where it was in in America that she lived. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that she's a she's American. Never mind silent fields. Here is little forest whose leaf is evergreen. Here is a brighter garden where not a frost has been. That's that. See, that's cool. It's like saying mankind hasn't like touched this yet. It's almost like it's natural. It's left. Um, yeah. Not touched by mm. man. I like that. Yeah. Uncorrupted, right? Yeah. It feels... Yeah, absolutely. It, again, like we were sort of saying about this um, utopia earlier, it feels almost like utopia, doesn't it? Like sort of this place yeah. where human hasn't touched. Absolutely. But also, and I don't know, again, because we don't know much about Emily Dickinson in her life, but in mm. in the actual series, she's like a bit of a... Le- well, a bit... She is a lesbian, not a bit of a lesbian. Oh, okay. Um, and I feel like she's advertising this newfound homosexuality to her brother. It could be that, right? Like, okay. if you're not thinking of it as a sci-fi novel, like I have been this whole time, yeah. you know, she's saying, oh, she's just saying there's a brighter garden, the leaves hmm. are greener. 
yeah, a frost hasn't been. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, I think. So this is an interesting thing. I'm just having a look now. I didn't realize there was any sexuality associated with her. And so, um, in, and there seems to be articles that says that the, the show reclaims her as a lesbian sort of literary hero. But that's what history will do, won't it? His, like, people at that time will go, well, she's not married. She's not interested. She must be a lesbian. Right. But there's so many other things you could be, right? Yeah. You could, she could have just been like, people didn't want her. She wasn't yeah. interested in marriage. Yeah. Or it could be like, she was asexual. She, she didn't have those feelings. And so she didn't want to get married. That's like, such an ego man thing, isn't it? Do you know what? She doesn't want me. She must be a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like, gosh. yeah. So, um, and, and apparently she did write love, love letters to a woman called Susan Gilbert. Okay. So, but maybe that might be reading between the lines, you know, I, I think, uh, see Lord Byron did that as well. There's loads of him of, um, you know, doing love poems to men, Yeah, but we don't oh, yeah. know. We just don't know what that means. You know, maybe she was, maybe she was gay, but the, yeah. actually I think the only person that really knows that is Emily Dickinson. Yeah. <laughs> so. And the woman she's been with or have not been with. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So in its unfading flowers, I hear the bright bee hum. Prithee, my brother, into my garden come. Yeah, so I feel like it's either like a bit of an incest thing, which, you know, at that time, <laughs> or it's, yeah, she's advertising her, like, her newfound sexuality to her brother, saying, hey, listen, mm. you don't need to screw women, you can be happy this way, or like, mm. it's almost like she's found a life hack, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and as a woman, that's very dangerous at that point, uh, you know, in that time. Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely. I'm not a woman that's, you know, uh, attracted to a woman, obviously. So I don't know mm -hmm. what that journey's like, and I don't want to assume, you know, I know what mm. it is. But maybe there is this sort of newfound excitement and like, oh, we yeah. don't need men. This, And especially at this time when men are so oppressive. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's very much... Um, Society is rigged in their favour at this point still. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In 1830s onwards. There's definitely, like you say, there, there's there's some excitement here. There's yeah. some something about a, a brand new... Something's happened, right? Something's sure. happened to her that she's like, this, this another, there's another way. Like you said, and it could be, it could be sexuality. It could yeah. be, it could be just, she's had an epiphany. Yeah. Or, and uh, I love I eliminating the possibilities of what I know from this badly adapted Apple series that <laughs> I know it's not about marriage because she's never been married in it. And a yeah. brother gets married to a best friend or something. Mm. Um, who's actually her lover? Oh, um, oh see, I, 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 okay. if Apple sue us for this, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> no, just a won't. bad review of the TV show, <laughs> but it's good to look at, um, that, you know, adaptions of these kind of things and compare them to what you think is, you know, the real, the real deal. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's really, really sort of interesting in the series as well. We know that, um, father doesn't approve of her doing the poems which is very mm. classic that time um, and gets angry when she submits a poem to a newspaper to the local newspaper um, so again yeah. I haven't watched on so maybe they, that doesn't happen later on I don't know but it, it really builds this stereotype of what we see and what we hear about Emily um, yeah. but yeah I don't know like if I took this poem and I didn't know about the Apple series of her being a lesbian I think I might have come up with the same results maybe they're, maybe they're right maybe they've, got, they've read through her poems and gone do you what this is you know um this is some blatant man thrashing you know <laughs> material that makes a i don't know it's it's yeah. really interesting so our next poem today is by a guy called uh, leo marx 
Okay. Uh, and it's called The Life That I Have. Uh, and just to give you a bit of background, he uh, was born in 1920 in uh, the UK and he actually died in 2001. So he's he's of the last century. All right. So um, quite modern. Yeah. And he, during the Second World War, he headed the Codes Office, uh, supporting resistance agents in occupied Europe. Cool. For the, the special operative, uh, the the secret special operations executive organization. So he's done some war and things like that. An exciting man. Uh, yes, lots of lots of stuff in his life. Let's see what he's come up with then, shall we, Charles? The Life That I Have by Leo Marx. The life that I have is all that I have. And the life that I have is yours. The love that I have of the life that I have is yours and yours and yours. A sleep I shall have, a rest I shall have, yet death will be but a pause. For the peace of my years in the long green grass will be yours and yours and yours. Yeah. Um, do you want? I'm going to say it, Charles. For the first yeah. time on this show. Yeah. I don't think this is a great poem. <laughs> like, he's probably a renowned poet or whatever, and a lot mm-hmm. of people like this, but I actually don't like this at all. Why? What, why don't you, what don't you like about it? I don't really like the theme. I mean, this guy's exciting, right? This is an exciting guy. He's been in the war. He's yeah. seen a lot of things. And I feel like it's kind of like a simp-like poem that he's, he's obviously, you know, this is his last thing before he goes off and he's giving his love to someone. And like, you know, it's just this idea of, you know, it's almost like he doesn't have an identity. He's giving this poem to the, to his long-term wife and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, which is fine. But I feel like it's, there's not, there's not much substance there. Like he's an exciting guy. I, I want to hear about his experience. I want to hear about, you know, a lot of the soldiers that died in the wars that he was in. Like you think Mm. about that when you're older, you know, as a war veteran, you think, um, you think about these kind of things. And I don't, I feel like you don't have to have lived his life to write this poem. That's, that's why I'm not bothered by it. See, because I, I think, I sort of think the opposite because he's been through the war, right? Yeah. So he's, he's, he's been through a lot of stuff and he's, it's, it's quite sobering. So he's like, the life that I have is all that I have. Like yeah. he's saying like, like the truth is I can't take anything with me. The life that I like myself is all that I have. Right. And I am yours. Um, and the love, and he's, he's telling her like the love that I have of the life that I have is yours. Like yeah. he's saying like the reason I love life is because of you. Right. I don't know. I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, it's not verbose and it's not yeah. maybe beautiful in the way that the words are. It's quite simple, I guess. <laughs> I feel like this is the Apple series of his life. <laughs> the <laughs> Apple series adaption. Maybe that's why. <laughs> They've stripped out all the content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shall we go through it? Yeah, let's do it. The life that I have is all that I have. And the life that I have is yours. See, I like the first part because it's yeah. almost saying it's almost coming back to the war where you can imagine, you know, if an enemy's got you in their scope, your life is in their hands. Mm-hmm. That idea I love. And obviously that's the kind of thing that came straight in my mind before I read the rest of the poem. So this yeah. pit, Charlie, I was excited. This is when I was happy. Um, <laughs> and I would have left it there if I was him. But yeah, um, yeah I... I don't know. It's like, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Where you're like, that's the idea is giving into submission, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So exactly it is. It's like, it's like kneeling before someone and yeah. giving them yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I just feel like it's love and it's sweet and it's great, but I don't feel like it's anything different to, you know, I don't know, to what I've seen 
before. Cool. Okay. You don't think it's like different enough? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we have actually studied a lot of like varied poems so yeah. far. So that, that sort of makes sense that like it, it feels the most simple. Yes. To yeah, what yeah. we've read before. So yeah. Absolutely. The love that I have of the life that I have is yours and yours and yours. I, don't, I also don't like the repeat of yours, yours, and yours. I feel like he's yeah. in the lawyer office doing his will and he's having to repeat the words again and again. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. what it feels like. That's great. Um, and every time he says it, he's getting more and more angsty. Like, ah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. It's a bit sing-songy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Great for the soundtrack for the Apple series. It's yours <laughs> and yours and yours. So, oh, gosh. A sleep I shall have, a rest I shall have. Yet death will be but a pause. For the peace of my years in the long green grass will be yours and yours and yours. I I, I just don't think this is any good. Um, And I feel awful saying it because who am I to talk? Have you seen my poems? Um, (laughs) I'm sure he'd, yeah, he'd scoff at them. But I think that's all all poetry is, isn't it? It's about taste. And I feel like Mm -hmm. this for me, and maybe it will change if I get older and I'm old. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, this is my last poem. I guess this would resonate a lot more with me. But yeah, I just feel like it's it, yeah. You're right. It's simple. We get the point, and we don't really need to analyze it. Maybe that's what I find fun in poetry is the analyzing bit. Is trying yes. to figure out what it means. So mm-hmm. maybe now the effect that I have on simple poetry, I don't don't get fulfilled by it. And I yeah, <laughs> I've had it too good. Yeah, I've I've given you some some really nice meaty stuff to dig into and yeah this is not meaty it's very not surface level in the sense of shallow but it's it, it says what it means right you've it, given it, me a bone charlie <laughs> i've given you a bone with no meat <laughs> yeah <laughs> good lord you've just got me to say that live on our podcast yep and that's gonna be the name of the episode charlie <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. it's it's a bit it like and i think i sort of agree with you in the sense where he says a sleep i shall have a rest yeah. i shall have yeah like, I don't know if there's enough difference between the word sleep and rest. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, I get that he's trying to say, he's trying to make light of death. He's saying, yeah. oh, death is just a, a, it's a bump in the road. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think it's not my favorite poem, but I think there is some, some depth in there. But yeah. Good. Well, it's good having a bad poem. Well, what I perceive as a bad poem, though, isn't it? Because like, it's subjective. I can't. Yeah, yeah you know. I can't say everyone's going to be great and lie to no. our audience. What I think. So, um, yeah, that's good. It's good, man. Poem. Poem is Dylan's poem is Dylan's poem time. Bam. Is that a new jingle for when I do a poem? Maybe. <laughs> it's as terrible as my poems. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so this is called Carnation. Okay. The most underrated flower. That's not the title, that's just me saying what carnation oh, is for people okay. that don't know what it is. It's a flower. <laughs> that's incredibly underrated. Are you ready for this, Charles? I'm ready. Screw you, Daffodil. You always take the glory. Looking all yellow and acting quite pervy. The way you manspread yourself over anyone's yard. Yet, do you ever think of me? There is such disregard. When we were planted, you were a thoughtful neighbour. But as soon as there was bad weather, our love became so much labor. Wow. That was really nice. That I, I genuinely enjoyed that. That was good. Thanks, man. I really appreciate I, that. I, th- I really feel like you're developing your poetic voice. Um, and it felt really sing-songy. You'd th- like, it felt like there was a rhythm to it. Not everything had to rhyme, which was really great. I, I liked that. What do you think it's about, Charles? 
Should we go line by line? Let's do it. Screw you, Daffodil. You always take the glory. Looking all yellow and acting quite pervy. Okay, so I love it because straight away... Yeah. It could be you're genuinely talking about a daffodil or it, it could be that you're talking about someone... Yeah. In, in, in place of. So a daffodil is is the person, right? Because pervy sure. is a human thing. Yes. Of, of, yeah. Um. So what's interesting is what I know about daffodils is they are um, otherwise known as the narcissist genus. Okay. That's more than I know. <laughs> so I thought, because narcissus is the... Um, it's the the Greek legend about the man who uh, fell in love with himself, right? Um, and turned into a flower. He turned into the narcissus flower. There's a great there's a great surrealist painting from uh, Dali that's yeah. called Narcissus, which is it's two paintings, and one looks like a man, and the other looks like a flower, and it, but they look the same. Like right. the pictures sort of mirror each other. So so immediately I was thinking, okay, narciss- maybe it's like this person is narcissistic, Ooh. right? Yes. Um, so screw you, na- narcissist. Yes. You always take the glory. Yes. Looking, you know that sort of that sort of thing. I and like then, that. That's a good poem, though, isn't it? When 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 the reader's given more thought than the actual poet writing it, you know you've done a good job. Well, this is what I, I keep saying, like in all the episodes, is about like meaning and how meaning people can find meaning in things that that you didn't intend. Yeah. But actually, it might fit really well with the poem, and it's like meaning is inherent; it's inevitable. Yes, exactly. The way you man spreads yourself over anyone's yard. Yet, do you ever think of me? There is such disregard. Mm, okay. So again, you, I, I like this word, the use of manspread again, because you're sort <laughs> of, you're gendering it for once. Yes. So so we can see that this this person is male. Yeah. Um, I tried to sort of hint at that with the pervy thing, because mm. I mean, not every man is pervy and not every woman is, but we when you think of pervy, we think of a man, don't we? But, yeah, um, definitely. I want to confirm that image with the manspreading. Okay, that's cool. So this, he's pervy. He's... You know, spreading him, man, spreading himself. He's got no disregard. He's got disregard for the people. Yes. Also, what I what I love is you know, spread yourself over anyone's yard. It's almost like they're a weed. Yeah. It's almost like that they are. You know, weeds are to be pulled out so that the the good people can grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's quite interesting. Is there a celebrity, or, or is it just or a friend of yours, or, or is it just is it, it, it more vague than that? Um, read the li- I'll read the last okay. line and then yeah, okay. you'll get one last guess to okay. guess what it is it's not yeah. anyone particular but okay. there is obviously a situation there when we were planted you were a thoughtful neighbour but as soon as there was bad weather our love became so much labour again there's never a right answer because no. the, the, the meanings you come of it has been so much better than what I thought so <laughs> whatever you you know don't guess right Charlie don't feel bad because it's probably mm-hmm. better than what I've written mm. <laughs> I, I mean, I really love the, the the garden metaphor. I think that's such a good uh, sort of picture of society. You know, all these different flowers growing yeah. together, um, and how some of these flowers are incompatible. You know, there's some some people, maybe people with certain attitudes or certain ideas that that are incompatible with the people around them, and you know that they're just taking everything that sure. they you know. Um, so I, it almost feels like a, a fair weather friend. Um, sure. someone who like took advantage uh he thought like you said you know that he thought it was good but as soon as bad times came yeah it was hard work with them and and he didn't so i i quite like that i really like this 
you got the two metaphors, almost like two metaphors of like the garden and the flower are two yeah. different things. And almost it, it makes me think like, again, carnations. So carnations are funeral flowers as well. So maybe oh. it's that you want this person dead. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I, once, I once bought Emma some flowers because I was like, I want to buy her some flowers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got home and looked on the label and it said carnations. I was like... Oh, oh no. crap! You got this some is, bad. She's gonna think you have I some bad some, news. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I got she, and and she's not. I don't think sometimes carnations are nice, like, yeah. but yeah, that sometimes it's like it. Yeah, it, they're not appropriate. So it, and this was one of those times. <laughs> so okay, so you've also got the the title. It's called Carnation, the most underrated flower. Is the most underrated flower part of the title? Uh I I, I'm unsure yet. Depending on okay. whether you get the right answer, I might add it in or I might not, because uh, that's just a description of how I see the carnations. Okay. I should have written this poem. Now that you said they're funeral flowers, I should have written this poem in the perspective of carnations, not liking the fact they're funeral flowers. That would have been so much better, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, no, but this is, this is interesting. So you have... So, so it's it's really interesting, like the difference between like who is the subject and who is the ob the object of it. So the yeah. person saying it is that the carnation saying this to the daffodil, yeah. or is daffodil just okay? Yeah, so it's the carnation saying it to the daffodil. Shall I give okay. you the right answer? Um, I guess I've just got a few, like it's interesting that you, like you say like so you've got daffodils which are, come out in the spring. They're often yeah. for Mother's Day. Yeah, so short term. Um, yeah, short. Yeah, exactly. Short, short-lived. Whereas, so like a, an incarnation. Yeah, they're, they're the opposite. They're not as f- sunny. Like I say, they're yeah. funeral flowers, and so yeah. you have this nice sort of um, contrast there, which is quite nice. Is it? Is it? It's not about someone in particular. No. Like, so the yeah, okay. poem I had in mind when I wrote it was mm-hmm. about one of those short-term relationships you have. You know, when you date someone and it's not long-term. And mm. it kind of ends abruptly, and you yeah. know what I mean? And you kind of yeah. know at the time when you date them, this isn't a long-term, you know, yeah. partner. Yeah, yeah. But you kind of get, I don't know. Like, say, for example, you know, yeah, screw you, Daffodil. So this is essentially someone that's already screwed them over, perhaps. But mm. um, also, when you first date someone, they're very confident and they're very cocky about what they say. So you always take the glory, you know, that that kind of aspect of it. Um, yeah looking all yellow and you know sort of taking what you want Mm. and um the way you man spread yourself over anyone's yard in that mindset i was thinking you know people have a lot of trouble when they date for the first time because they don't know if they're official they might still be getting with other people you just don't have Mm. that confirmation and you know a lot of people you know don't think of that person and what those actions do so that's why i got this such disregard um Mm. bit yeah and uh, but yeah, I was kind of was sort of a short term relationship in a workplace, perhaps because I did include a bit where you know saying when they were planted, you were a thoughtful neighbour. So maybe they mm, were okay. put together in some way, maybe at work or in a social mm. gathering or something. Um, but as soon as there was any bad labour, so maybe as soon as someone got angry or they showed bad traits, mm. you know, it wasn't worth it. There was too much labour. Yeah. Okay. And the labour as well highlights that workplace sort of yes, thing as well, exactly. which is cool. Exactly. I liked. I, I like actually the way that manspread could be gender neutral in the sense of it could be a man spreading his legs, but it could also be yeah. manspread like they spread themselves around the men in the office, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, I. I honestly, and I love actually how carnation makes it. Uh, it's. It's so like in some ways quite snarky because it's yes. like you're gonna you're like you're dead to me yeah 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 absolutely 
Yeah, I, I quite like this, Dylan. That's why I got I, excited when you said funeral flowers. I was like, oh yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad. <laughs> like this is this is great because you. This is the thing with with poetry is you pick things that have the characteristics of the thing you're trying to represent, or the so they have those associations. So this is by far your best poem. Um, Thank you, my you've friend. Really thought about it, and and like I said, like a lot of the time, it matters what the reader gets out of it. They yeah. they might not always get like the original intention, but sure. that this if if they manage to get some some something good out of it, then that's 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 great. So well well done. Thank you, my friend. I'm actually happy with that one. I just know that my streak's not going to last, so that's what I'm more <laughs> scared of. You know what I mean? Like when you know you're out of your depth it's yeah. much harder to be comfortable when you're doing it and that's kind of the idea i had when i was in com you know starting comedy was having that first stand-up gig that went okay and then thinking well i'm mm-hmm. still out of my depth so the next one might be terrible it might throw me off completely like you've got this mindset you know um yeah. when you think you're out of your depth so but i don't know fake it till you make it right maybe I should yep. just call myself a poet right now and just keep writing. I had a friend who said, who was a musician, who said he played Wembley and it was a pub in his hometown called Wembley. He technically played Wembley, you know? Wow. That's, yeah. it's a bit sad, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only 20 people turn up in a massive, what people think is a stadium, then 20 people turned up in Wembley. Yeah, no, it is yeah. sad now that you say it. Yeah, that's not a great example. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to I Hate Poetry with me, Dylan J. Kershaw. And me, Charlie Pidcock. You can find all the poems on ihatepoetry.co.uk, even the bad ones that I've written. So if you want to cringe, go to that address. Yes, definitely. And you can also type in I Hate Poetry into any podcasting app that you desire to use. Exactly. Join us next time. We'll see you soon. Cheerio. Cheerio.